Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 76. Um, my my big news for this week is that I got my braces last Thursday. It's a, Today is Monday. I'm recording this on a Monday. And I feel so weird and I feel like I can't speak normally. So if you're listening and you feel like, hey, Emily, your voice doesn't sound different at all, let me know. And if you think my voice does sound different, but you still like it, maybe let me know that as well. And if you think my voice sounds different, different and worse, don't tell me. Um, just kidding. You can tell me whatever you want. I'm, I'm open to, I'm open to all sorts of feedback. Um, so other announcements that aren't my braces. Um, this is the last week in September, which means it's the last week to use your artifice discount on Aubrey Nicoli's season salt, which is like the little ad segment, um, feature for the month of September. Uh, Andrew and I truly do eat Aubrey's salt every single day. And it's so good. Um, so, uh, so if you could use a little spice in your life, uh, listen for another few minutes to hear how you can get a discount on that. And I'll be back next week with a brand new independent creative, um, and a cool product to plug and to offer a discount on. So, um, today's guest is someone who I've been paying attention to for such a long time. Um, I first saw Amber's work months and months ago, like well before quarantine started, um, probably like probably close to like a year ago and have been pestering her for like the better part of a year to try to get her on the podcast. Um, and I finally, finally got to interview her and I just, I loved talking with her so much. Um, right away when I saw her work, it kind of just, I, I can't really put into words, uh, what it did or why, but it just was so interesting to me. And I thought I have to talk to this person and see like what she's thinking. Um, and you can, you can tell just from uh, how she's written her bio that she has deep thoughts. So um, I'm not going to say that much more about it. I'm just going to read this bio and then we'll get into it. J. Amber Egbert is a studio artist as well as an adjunct faculty member at Brigham Young University. She received her Bachelor of Science from Utah State University and a Master of Fine Arts from Brigham Young University. She is an artist that works primarily in clay. Her work often combines hand-built, slip-cast, and wheel-thrown components. When creating her work, she seeks for quiet rhythmic balance between contrasting or opposing elements. She sees these elements often present themselves in her observations and interpretations of motion versus stillness, literal versus symbolic, masculine versus feminine, decorative versus stark. Often these elements seem to conflict and to present difficulty when trying to exist side by side, yet often they do. She enjoys the interplay between tradition, decoration, and sparse minimalism. You can find her work on Instagram at Jamber Egbert, on the web at j at jamberart.com, and in person at 15th Street Gallery in Salt Lake City. Okay, everybody, here comes Amber. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists, and I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. 
That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by AM Salt. Back in episode nine, I interviewed private chef Aubrey Nicoli, and I'm so excited to dedicate this month's ad spot to her latest creation. Andrew and I have been using Aubrey's all-purpose season salt for about a month, and we are crazy about it. We put it on everything, eggs at breakfast time, sandwiches, pasta, and our favorite, the homemade pizzas we're making with our new backyard pizza oven. You can even mix it with brown sugar to make an amazing barbecue rub. To welcome this gorgeous salt into your spice cabinet, head to Instagram at am.nicoli.salt. That's am.nicoli.salt. And don't forget to mention Artifice for a discount when you direct message Aubrey to make your purchase. Um, I found your I found your name on. Um you know, I'm always looking for artists. So I'm always Googling like Utah sculptors or like Utah painters. Um, and I, I can't remember where I, where I found you. Um, I think it might've been on like the 15 bytes registry. Oh, okay. I can't remember, <laughs> but I just like loved your work right away. And I've been for the listener. I've been hassling Amber for a long time. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort to get me to do something like this. Well, I I feel like, you know, sometimes when we're doing like interviews, it's because we're like, yeah, you can manhandle that all okay. around. I, um, yeah, it's a new experience. <laughs> when, sometimes when we're doing interviews, I feel like it's like news outlets wanting to interview artists like about our work, which is, I think, way harder than like just talking to a person like about kind of your process. So we'll try to keep it like as easy as possible. And the, the other thing I always say to people is like, what are you more of an expert in than your own brain? It's <laughs> <So, laughs> true. I hope so. Easy. <laughs> um, and, and also like we love art, so we can just we can talk about art and that should just be fun. Um, I always start with people at the beginning of their lives and ask, what were you like as a creative child? Like, what were you up to? What do the adults in your life like tell you about what you were like as a kid? What do you remember? Um, as a, well, I grew up as an only child. Okay. And so I think that kind of forced me to be more creative because yeah. I didn't have other people around me, other kids a lot around me. Yeah. Um, to kind of stimulate that. And did so, you grow up here in Utah? I grew up mainly in Idaho, okay. but a little bit in Utah too. Okay, cool. Yeah. And grew up with my grandparents Okay, and my mom. Okay. And so... Um, it was kind of a unique situation and, um, but my mom and my grandma were both really creative awesome. people. What did, what kind of stuff did they do? I'm just going to turn you up, but just sure. go ahead, tell me, <laughs> tell me what they did. Um, so my mom, uh, was involved with music, dance and art, um, uh, kind of. Was she doing those things like in the community or professionally or, or both? Um, mostly in the community. Um, she the thing I guess she did most professionally was she taught some um, kids dance classes okay, cool. out of our home. Cool, but uh, mostly she it was. 
I would say more for herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Than the community. And okay. I think the parts of her that influenced me the most was her visual art. Okay. Um, and then my what, grandma. What was she making? Um, painting. Yeah. Mostly oil painting. I always think painting is like, you know, one, one of the things that I'm, that I'm curious about with people when I'm talking about their childhood is like, you know, there are some types of creativity that like you don't need supplies for, like, sorry, this is stuck. Um, you know, like when I talk to people who are like, well, I was always writing stories or like a lot of my guests will say things like, um, well, I wasn't really doing anything creative, but I was like playing pretend a lot. Like I had like kind of a vivid imagination and I was thinking a lot and I always think with paint, like investing in oil paints and brushes and canvas is like, that's not a small thing. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> and so like in order to do it, you have to kind of, so like if your parents have that stuff around, I think that really says something about how they value their own creativity, that they're like investing the money and investing the time to be like, to be painting. And I think like to grow up having that precedent set, I think that's really kind of valuable. Um, yeah. I'd say it had quite a large impact on me yeah. and, um, impressed upon me the value of that yeah. because a lot of people don't totally. value that. <laughs> My parents don't. So, I mean, that's why I think I'm, I think like, you know, I, maybe you like gather this from my question, from my prompts. I have like a little fuzz on my nose. I think, I think it's, I think it's like a, a fiber that's on the microphone. Um, yeah, my, my goal with the podcast is, you know, to talk with people who've made creativity, like an important part of their adult lives and maybe kind of try to figure out like, how did you do that? You know, like, where did it come from and how did you maintain it? And like, what for you were like the important pieces in that? And of course, like so much starts when we're kids. So, you know, I think, I think for me, like I didn't see creativity modeled in my childhood, um, but I was a bit of a black sheep in the family. And I think for me, like developing creativity was almost like unnecessary. It was like a coping it's a survival skill. Yeah. You know? I think that's awesome that you yeah. stuck with it and went after it. A, a lot of people have a similar story to me and a lot of people have a similar story to you. But yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's kind of precious and it's important. I feel like it's important, like history to, to gather as like, you know, kind of evidence for the ways that we all maintain creative resilience. Um, how, like how often was your mom painting? Like how kind of regularly was she painting? Um, you know, it was mostly in my really younger childhood. Um, she struggled with mental illness. And yeah. so like it was kind of off and on and um, she did what she could with it. Um, yeah. But it was always, she could be really prolific. And yeah. there were always, we had so many of her paintings hanging, hanging up in around. the house and they were incredible. Um, and then periods where, you know, Last not year. a lot happened. Sure. Um, but my grandmother was kind of the constant one okay. in my life that was always creative and always doing things. Was she painting too? She did a little bit of painting. Um, she was a teacher all her life. Okay. Um, um, but she 
after retired, I think she was able to invest more time in her creativity and she spent a lot of time writing. Um, and, uh, as well as with music, music was another, um, creative outlet in our home. And then, um, she, she wrote, um, several children's books when I was young and she would illustrate them. And for some of them, she would write little songs to go amazing in them. That's and so cool. She would enlist my help at, you know, five or six years old wow. to color her illustrations. That's amazing. Like what a, what a vote of, what a, what a, like, what an affirming experience as a little kid to feel like my grandmother is an artist, my mother is an artist and I'm an artist. Like, I would, do you remember like what that meant to you or like how it felt? It's something that always stuck with me. Like, I think it just really instilled in me, like, you can do this. Like, you can, you're a part of this and you're important. And she would tell other people too. She would like, in sort of a, not really bragging way, but just a proud way say, "Yeah, Amber helped me do this. She colored this. And I just, that instilled a lot of, um, I guess, confidence in myself Yeah, that I could do things like that. Yeah, I I'm a broken record about this on the podcast. I talk about it all the time, but I like to talk to artists about like when they started feeling ownership over their creativity. Cause I think some of us feel that when we're really, really little, like it's kind of a given. And some of us have like a light bulb when we're like 18, you know, <laughs> it's like, cause I think like, you know, there's a bit of a difference between like our art skills. Like I know how to play the piano or I know how to, you know, create perspective or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's maybe sometimes for some of us a bit of a separation between our skill, our, our art skills and our like artistry, you know, like our artist identity. For sure. Yeah. I don't think I really started learning about the skill part of it until maybe sixth grade, junior high. I'm a huge advocate for, for working on the art identity first. Um, that feels very like, uh, that feels that feels a lot more like likely to Mm -hmm. continue into adulthood if it's part of your identity when you're little. Do you want to say anything else about like what it was like to have these creative women in your home or like what they taught you or how they talked about art? Like, is there anything else that feels like, well, this was probably significant. Hmm, Let's see. Um, I would just say like whenever I maybe slacked off on piano or something like that, there was always just a nudge kind of to get back into that. Never like you have to do this, but like, oh, I sure love it when I hear you practice or things like that, which was slightly annoying, but it like motivated me to get back into it. Yeah. Ultimately, (laughs) I think that kind of framing is really wise. And and again, like, you know, I, I feel like I, I talk with all kinds of people and it's such a revelation to me of like all the different ways that our creativity grows, which I, I think is a testament to like how resilient creativity is. Um, of course, like, you know, it can also get damaged. Um, but you know, I talk with people sometimes who have parents who are professional artists or parents who are very creative who make it a really difficult creative environment for their children because it's very like merit-based or very, Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I think, you know, having even just like a casual framing of like, I love to hear you play, you know, that's, even if you are kind of like, Oh, I don't want to, (laughs) it still kind of puts the value on like the joy of it, the value on like, like we value art and not, we value like our daughter having a skill. Right. You know? And being super disciplined or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I just have one final question about them because I, I mean, it just sounds, it's, it feels significant that like <laughs> you had your grandmother and your mother being so creative in so many different mediums, um, writing and music and painting and dance, like, so <laughs> many things. Um, um, do, do you have any memories of like how they talked about their own art or like, do you remember them being hard on themselves or like, do you have, do you have any kind of idea of how they were thinking about their own creativity? Um, not necessarily. It was just more kind of part of our lives. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of pressure involved. Good. Um, they weren't out there really though in the business trying to make sure. money at it. And so that probably made a difference. You know, it's such a thing, I think, in our, in our culture. And I think maybe sometimes, especially for women to be like, oh, it's not good enough, you know, or something. (laughs) But I feel like the fact that you said your mom's paintings were hanging all over the home is like pretty good evidence that like the, the value is in like the making and not like whether something is like perfect. Right. Um, okay. So you, so when you were little, you we're kind of doing probably a little bit of everything. I was, yeah, yeah. just because that's what was happening. That's around what was me. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so can you like story tell me through like maybe like about up until when you're like 10, 11, 12, how, whether any of these mediums started kind of like pulling forward or how you started doing like, like how, how were you, what were you doing and how were you feeling about what you were doing up until you were like a, like a really early teen? Um, I would say creatively, I was probably mostly involved in music, piano lessons, piano. Um, and, you know, all that goes along with that, the practicing and, and everything, and enjoying that. Um, the art was more just kind of on the side a little bit. I've always loved doing things with my hands, but yeah. it wasn't like I was enrolled in art lessons sure, or anything sure. at a young age. So yeah. it was mostly, um, music lessons and, um, but kind of a significant thing around the 11 and 12 year ages. I had a sixth grade teacher that was also an artist Cool. and she would, we'd have like once a week, we'd, um, do a painting or something, yeah. a watercolor or something. Okay in her class. And, um, she gave me a lot of positive feedback, um, in that, and that, I think that kind of encouraged me to in junior high and high school to enroll in some art classes. Okay. What kind of feedback did she give you? Um, I just remember doing this, um, landscape of mountains and a fence and a stream and she just kind of oohed and awed over it. And yeah, told me like what nice lines there were in it and how your eye was led through the painting with these different lines. And I was like, Oh, well, I didn't even mean to do that, but thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So your response to that was kind of like, Oh, I didn't know to like see my own thing like this. 
mm-hmm. do you feel like that's right? Yeah. Versus like, I think sometimes when we get, when we get praise from adults, it's like, right. Yes. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you felt like she kind of like opened your eyes to like seeing what like you were doing in kind of like a, a new way. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And maybe it's kind of like kind of led my mind more into like the uh, skill. Yeah. Developing skills. Totally. It teaches um, you in that. It gives you like a little hint about like, oh, there's all this other stuff I can be thinking about. Like there's 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 deeper stuff to be known and understood here. Right. It, yeah. That that feels totally significant to me in, in that in the same kind of like I said before, I have this obsession with this question of ownership and that feels like a piece of it. Like, you know, understanding that you as an individual can learn things that can like help you, you know, more accurately express like your, your artistry, um, and kind of having this thought of like, Oh, like this action will like lead to this other thing. And then feeling motivated about that. I feel like that's a really pivotal like moment for an artist. Yeah. Um, We maybe don't all like remember it, (laughs) but I, I mean, I teach children and I've witnessed that moment a couple of times. Like I've witnessed a student kind of realize like, Oh, if I practice, like this thing will happen. And it's more than just like, I'm learning this song and it's more like, you know, I have gained a new skill that then I can like apply everywhere. Um, right. I've watched that moment happen and sometimes I never see it, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I know it happened long before they met me. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. did, were you, did you ask? Well, I was just thinking thing? it's great when, um, something can trigger that. Yeah. Um, and maybe like those students that it doesn't get triggered in, it's just not their yeah. passion. It's not their totally. Thing that they're going to excel at. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I have a very, like, I feel very radical acceptance about, about art as a, in terms of our mediums, but I, I do feel like I really want everyone to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like art is not something we all need to do. I just, I kind of think that as artists, we are all doing creativity, hopefully. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and even non-artists, um, like my husband can be creative in his totally in his field. That's what you I know? mean. Like everyone can be creative. Like not everybody needs to be an artist. Um, but I think all artists are creative. So it yeah. feels like a <laughs> feels like a good place to start for like a conversation about creativity. For sure. Yeah, my husband's the same. He's an engineer and he's always making things. Like he he made like a like several months ago, he just he built this like wave machine where like it has a little motor and he can, he, he built it for, he was going to do some outreach at the U I think for like maybe a career fair or something like maybe like a, like a creative recruiting for um, Micron. He works for Micron over here. Oh, nice commute. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know he could like basically walk there. Mm-hmm. It would take a while, but it's, yeah. it's very close. <laughs> um, but yeah, he built like this wave machine so he could show like, you know, the sine wave, like, so you can actually see it, um, um like propagating through a string and like, that's, it's an, it's an art project. You know? Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> and he just like, he just made it. It was just like, Oh, I'm, I, I had this idea that when I go to the career fair, I want to like bring this thing anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I had one, one more question. So you said, um, you said 
before you had this sixth grade teacher who kind of, um, did you had this light bulb moment with you, um, that you were kind of just, you were doing a lot of visual art, um, and maybe not taking it like seriously or something. I mean, you didn't use that word, but maybe something like that. Um, but I'm curious, like, what were you doing? Like, were you mostly painting? Were you sculpting anything? Were you doing crafts? Like, what were you doing? I would say I was probably mostly painting. I just, we had a lot of painting materials okay. accessible, probably yeah. mostly watercolors, like, okay. you know, the little Crayola yeah. watercolors. But your mom and grandma or, or grandpa would, would bring, would re replenish your supply of those things. Yeah. There was always something to be found, colored pencils or, okay. you know, whatever. So mostly painting and not like, not other, other mediums really. Not really sculpting. Okay. Like that didn't hit me till a yeah. lot later. I think sometimes we like, we apply kind of like an adult perspective of medium on like our childhood projects. But I like, I love to hear people talking about like, like I interviewed this girl, um, and she, for the listener, it's Rebecca Jensen, who, who I, I want to say it was like episode 20 something. <laughs> and I, I love the conversation I had with her we were talking about her childhood and she was saying like, well, I wasn't doing that much. And then like, I asked her like this separate question, like maybe 20 minutes into the interview. And she was like, Oh, actually, yeah, I made all these dolls and I made like their outfits. And I had this whole business where I was like selling these dolls. And I was like, <laughs> why didn't you think of that as like, but at her now she's an illustrator. So I think it's just like, you know, so I always like to kind of like pick at it and ask like there probably are things I'm forgetting. I think yeah. we now that you say do. that, I do remember yeah. making Barbie clothes. Yeah, like you're dolls. you're like doing little fashion design, and like mm -hmm. when you said like I like doing stuff with my hands, I was thinking I bet she was doing more stuff. You know, like where maybe we wouldn't think of like sculpture as like making Barbie clothes, but like I could see that being the beginning. You know, like it's a three dimensional medium, mm -hmm. or like cooking, or like gardening I mean, think all these things we do as children they're just like our little those little like synapses just building yeah I like it so much and I I do think it's valuable um and like this conversation is for like other professional artists who maybe like are listening and kind of thinking like oh yeah like me you know I like just if we as professional artists are feeling bummed or if we as professional artists are teaching younger artists and remembering like, Oh, there's this other thing or for non artists or like people who aren't that creative to be like, Hey, I did that stuff too. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I like it. I think it's important. <laughs> okay. So when you moved into like middle school or junior high, you started taking art classes. Tell me about that. Um, it just felt, kind of like home for me yeah like this is where I fit in this is my space these are my people and um can you like why like can you think <laughs> of like what it was um I can't really say maybe it's just that translation of feeling comfortable with it at home mm -hmm. and then finding that in school too yeah um yeah. and I enjoyed like other subjects like I even really liked math a lot yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. 
but art always just felt like home where I belong. Yeah. You kind of knew the language. Yeah. What kind of, do, do you have any, I'd love to know like what, how your skills changed during those couple of years between like what, 12 and 15 or something. Um, maybe what, what kinds of like lessons kind of opened up possibilities for you? If there's anything that comes to mind. Okay. I'm trying to remember, like, I don't remember a lot of art projects in junior high. I do remember doing like these scribble line drawings yeah. and then you color them in and, and you can like find shapes something. Yeah. in there. And, um, that was kind of, and an eye-opening thing for me. It's just different ideas and different yeah. techniques and things that I wouldn't have thought of on my own yeah, to do. Yeah, it's so interesting. I find that as well. Like, you know, sometimes, like, a teacher is giving you an assignment, and, like, on the surface, it maybe seems like the thing you're supposed to learn is, like, how to draw a box or whatever (laughs) but like the thing that maybe you actually are learning is like just a different way to think about something um that's that's one of these like you know extra skills like so thinking about a line drawing and thinking like what can I find in this it's really just like curiosity don't you think like it's teaching you and hopefully teaching your peers to like just question like what else could this be mm-hmm. does that feel right for sure that and then also there was the skill building I remember learning you know to draw in perspective the yeah one point perspective and two point perspective yeah. and things like that so as you're well. learning like yeah. hard skills like tangible skills and also kind of like how to think like how to think like an artist yeah um, think differently did you end up majoring in art like did you go to college for art I did not like I really kind of had a struggle at the end of high school trying to figure out do I want to do music or do I want to do art okay wait pause so (laughs) you were still like a serious musician as a young person too like if you're considering majoring in music that is really probably saying something okay so so at all this so now we've got we've come up to like what you're like you're like starting high school, maybe Mm -hmm. that's what we've talked about so far. So catch me up with the other stuff. Like what was music? How, how serious were you about music? What were you doing? Um, pretty serious about music. I had, um, some incredible piano teachers in high school that, um, taught at Boise state and, um, really had a big influence on me. Um, and Ultimately, I did decide to major in music. Okay. For my undergrad. Cool. Okay. Cool. So let's tr- let's switch gears and like talk about music for a minute. Then. Okay. <laughs> um, when so majoring like being in a piano perform was it piano performance that you did? I did piano for performance for my associate's degree, and okay. then I did music therapy for I my. Had a sneeze. Go ahead. <laughs> it went away. Okay. <laughs> um, just just had a little sneeze brewing. Um. Okay. Okay, cool. So to major in piano performance, I know because I have music degrees as well, <laughs> yeah. um, is a really intense. You can't just be like, Oh, I'm playing the piano a little bit. You have to be like a really excellent pianist to, to, to be a piano performance major. Um, 
So tell me about like, can, can you just tell me what you think is significant about like the evolution of your piano skills and maybe how you were thinking about music, like what it was like to learn how to practice like so many hours a day, <laughs> just anything you think was significant in like the development of your creative mind. Um, oh boy, I'm like hitting a blank. I, or like how, <laughs> how did you kind of get serious about it? Cause again, like there are kids who like take piano lessons and they kind of learn how to play, you know, in, in our, in our culture, probably maybe they're learning to play some hymns or like, that's the goal. Okay. I just had something come to mind. Okay, great. So, um, going back, I have to go back to sixth grade now. Great. I'm ready. <laughs> um, I took up the violin in sixth grade, but I also played the piano. Um, but I really love the violin. They got a little program started at my elementary school cool. that carried on to junior high and high school. Awesome. Um, actually just to junior high. And so I, I love that I did orchestra and I took private lessons and then unfortunately the program got cut okay. for high school. Bummer. And so my focus kind of during that time was more on violin. Okay. And, and when that happened and that got cut, I kind of shifted back to piano okay. and got more serious about that. And I think that's where I kind of yeah decided to fo really focus on that. I know it's like an impossible question to answer, but like, why do you think you got serious about piano? Because I was going to say before, like plenty of people take piano lessons for years and years and never really want to play well, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of like, like I was saying before, it's like, I want to be able to play this song. Um, but it's maybe not like I really want to be a pianist. So can, can you like remember anything about like why that was something you wanted? Um, I think again, it just kind of goes back to the culture in my home yeah. and what I was exposed to and what my grandmother and my mother were playing yeah. and just kind of developing that love of you just that lo type of music. You just loved music. Yeah. yeah. Is, do you think that's right? Like you love mm -hmm. music and want to be able to participate at a high level. Um, so I also know that like, you know, piano can be, can, there can be like a lot of difficulty in how it's taught. Um, it can, I think it is like susceptible to being like, really hard on you or like, um, did you experience anything like that? Not really. My goal in going into music in college was to ultimately go into the music therapy program okay. at Utah state. And so you that were... took the pressure off okay. quite a bit. And, and you never, you, you kind of had that perspective even as a teen, like you, you, you were kind of thinking like, I don't need to be a performance, like a concert pianist. Yeah. I love to listen to it. And every, anytime I would hear that type of music, it would like spark something in me to want to try harder and yeah. to, but to it was very like wholesome. Like yeah. it was like, it was yours and it wasn't like kind of motivated by outside merit. No, not really. Okay. Um, I did, you know, do some piano competitions and things like that, but but your relationship with yeah. the instrument was like, it was yours. Yeah. That's really awesome. I love to hear that. <laughs> uh, like I said yeah. before, I think a lot of us, like we, we have to kind of like recover some of that stuff 
after college, you know, mm-hmm. like it's beautiful if you can have that kind of, um, like self awareness as a young person, even if maybe you're not aware that that's what you're doing. Like if your relationship with the art and your relationship with your medium and your instrument and your own creativity kind of stays shame free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really significant. So, okay. At the time that you were graduating from high school, you were, you were kind of trying to decide between music and visual art. And at that point, visual art was still painting exclusively. Yes. Painting and drawing. Pretty much painting and drawing. I did, our teacher uh, brought in a bag of, I remember she brought in a bag of clay um, during one of the years in high school and I made just this really ugly coil pot and I, it didn't spark anything in me. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't drawn to it at that point. Okay. I was still And then were you, up until you were like 18, like going to college, like were you, were you also dancing? Were you writing? No, I've uh, never, well, I did a little, I was on the drill team. Okay. One year, but yeah. I, it, I, I just didn't love it. I didn't love the culture. It didn't in feel that. creative to you. Yeah. I just didn't feel at home in, yeah. in that, um, and writing, not really. Okay. Like, I don't love to write. Either. I just feel like I have to ask because I, again, like so often people will be like, oh, well, I wrote a lot of poetry. <laughs> like, you have to tell me these things. So you were doing nope. piano and you had stopped playing the violin or were you still playing violin a little? Pretty much had stopped Okay, at that point. Yeah. Okay. And then you're drawing and painting a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there anything like any final thing that you want to say about like 18 and younger that you think is significant in like you being an artist? Like, did you feel like an artist at that time? Or did you feel like I'm Amber and I do art? <laughs> like, I, I definitely took on the identity as an artist. And that's kind of what I would say I was known for in high school was yeah. more in my art. Like our teacher was really great at like hanging up our work in the hallways so mm. that people could see it. Cool. And, and so people knew kind of what I did and um, got a lot of positive feedback from that. And so I think that was really encouraging. Did you feel like you had, had you started to like cultivate like your own style or were you kind of like just responding to assignments? I wouldn't say I necessarily was cultivating my own style. Okay. Yeah. At you that were point. growing your skills. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so you started out as a music major. Um, I assume you had all kinds of support from your family. Like, you know, again, like some yeah. of us kind of have to be like, I, but I want to do music. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but like they understood that and were happy it was with it. Fine. Yeah. No, that okay. wasn't questioned at all <clears throat> about that. So tell me why you wanted to go into music therapy. Like what, what was that like? What did you think about it? Um, it just sounded like this really interesting combination of music and like helping people. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that would be something I would want to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, do, are you, are you doing that? I'm not, I'm not actually (laughs) passionate about that. (laughs) Tell me everything. What happened? Why? Um, I, I really enjoyed, I was at, um, it was Rick's college then BYU, Idaho. Yeah. 
later, but, um, I really enjoyed the music program there yeah. and I, um, was glad I did that. And I don't regret any of my education sure. at all. We're all just worth yeah. learning is learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that was a great experience and it got me prepared me to go to Utah state into the music therapy program. Um, but I got into that and realized it was really sort of clinical. Yeah. Um, not really creative. It didn't feel super creative to me in the way I wanted to be creative. Yeah. Like I probably feels creative to people that are really passionate about it, but yeah. I, it just didn't resonate with me. Um, um, a ton. And yeah. I, I tried, you know, after I graduated, I did, I did a couple little contracts with different places and I just didn't look forward to going, didn't look yeah. forward to doing that in it. Um, but I don't regret any of the education to- of I course. had at all. Yeah. It's all definitely uh, worth it. It's also, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I think about this a lot. You know, we, we ask people who are 18 to like choose their entire future and it's crazy like <laughs> yeah nobody knows I mean I think if you end up majoring in something that you continue to like um <clears throat> like great but it's it's I think it's much more rare than not that we what am I trying to say it's it's more common than not that we like change our minds or kind mm-hmm. of or at least like tweak things a little yeah, yeah. totally yeah yeah because you're still in the arts um you knew that cre- you knew that creativity was important to you you knew that art was important to you um I'm I'm guessing that helping people is still important to you it, it is for <laughs> sure it just wasn't it just wasn't the right fit um but you're kind of you're learning all these things in the in in the middle um so what was happening with your visual art during the time that you were in college um so at not really anything at BYU Idaho, but when at Utah State, the music building and the art area were like combined at least by like there was this hallway that led into the art department. Yeah. And so sometimes leaving the building, I'd go that way and I'd walk yeah. past the art classrooms and the I just remember specifically walking past the ceramics lab and looking yeah. in there and being like just kind of longing yeah. to be in there and yeah. have time to take a class or something, but yeah. not really having the time to do that. Yeah. And but I did I did sign up for kind of this independent study watercolor okay. thing with one of the professors, which I didn't um, progress a lot with that because I just, I didn't have his instruction. It was more kind of on my own okay. doing some paintings and then showing them to him and then getting a little bit of a credit feedback okay. for that. Um, and so, um, there was that. And but then I was you like, were, you were missing it. I was missing it. Sorry. Yeah, what for were you sure. Oh, my senior year. I just remember talking to my husband and being like, I kind of want to switch majors. I want to be an art yeah. major, but yeah. I was so close to being done. Yeah. And, um, I had a daughter by okay. then had yeah. a baby and I just felt kind of this push to just yeah. finish. And you're like 21, 22. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so young. Yeah. This is like a little bit personal, but can I ask, um, when you were dating your husband, like, did you, how did, I'm totally projecting like my own experience a little (laughs) bit, but, um, I want to know, like, 
how, how did you feel? Did you feel like you could be like, I'm an artist, like this is something that's always going to be important to me? Or did you feel like it was something that you like, like, was there anything that was difficult about that? Um, not really. Fortunately, he grew up with a mom and a grandma kind of like I did that. Yeah. They weren't musical, but they painted too. And so he kind of grew up with that. Yeah. My Um, husband is like that too. Like his, he comes from a musical family, but I got married a a little bit later. I was 23, which is still so young, (laughs) but, um, I dated a couple of people, um, and, and I frequently had experiences where I think part of the reason why it didn't like work is that I felt like this person that I'm dating, like does not understand that this isn't something that goes away. Yeah. 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 I think maybe that's one of the big reasons why it did work is that he was just yeah. real open and supportive of yeah the arts. He um, understood that it was something you were always going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. Even though he's more techie and yeah. into computers and things like Mine that, too. he still appreciates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. That, yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that can be something difficult for young people in general to kind of like own their identity at such a young age, a young age because it is a fragile and it is kind of like, well, I know I'm not like a professional artist right now, but like, how mm-hmm. do you, ex- how do you explain like this thing that like, you're not even totally sure, like what it means to you yet or what it's going to be, um, to, to kind of defend that to your roommates, your boyfriend, your parents, you know, that can be something Mm -hmm. that I think that that's a place where a lot of people kind of like stop being creative. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, you know, there, we have kind of gone through that and it came much later, when I wanted to go back and get my graduate degree yeah, and we had our more kids mm-hmm. and life was busier and, yeah. and stuff like that. And it was a little bit more of a, yeah. having to I got to convi- convince yeah. you that I need to do this. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. hard. And it's, <laughs> and it's not to say, I mean, like I like talking about these kinds of things because again, like my goal is to like, encourage creativity whether like I said before that's like people who are artists kind of feeling like tired or exhausted or discouraged or whether it's like young like young people trying to think like how could I become an artist and you know having all these different examples of how we're doing it or people who are aren't artists but are thinking maybe like well how could I be more creative? And so talking about these situations where we maybe had to advocate or maybe had to like have that kind of ownership or, you know, I just think it's important stuff. And it it doesn't mean that like, you know, your husband is like a bad husband if he's like, (laughs) yeah, needs you to kind of explain why you need want to go to grad school. Because sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's part of it too. Like, you know, teaching the people around you to like know you better you know that's Mm -hmm. a skill that we all need and I'm sure that you'll have like future there will be future things you know (laughs) like if you're always changing and you're always growing and always evolving like it's inevitable I think um so kind of like having the um expectation that those kinds of things will happen and having some like vocabulary of like how we deal with those moments, I think is, it's crucial. 
Um, I, I felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, okay. So what happened? So you finished, you, f- you were longing for visual art. You were walking by the ceramics lab and never having done that and just feeling something about it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. There's definitely some kind of magnetic pull in Inter- there that's that I so felt. Interesting. I love, I love that. Um, so you finished your degree at Utah state and you had a baby and what happened then? Um, that's kind of the point where I took on a couple of music therapy contracts okay. and realized that I really Just didn't, didn't like love it. it. Yeah. 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 And, and then we, close after that, we had our second baby and I just kind of, my focus turned to being a mom yeah. and, and just focusing on, on my little Kiddos, yeah, kiddos and yeah so, being creative that way <laughs> yeah I mean and it I have watched motherhood be creative for a lot of people um it's certainly like certainly can be yeah <laughs> should be should be it's um, also really hard <laughs> yeah I don't have children so I can't speak from any experience but <laughs> it seems that way to me um th- okay then what <laughs> um okay so um still uh just focusing on my kids, but also, uh, taking an opportunity here and there to take like in a community education art class and just to kind of keep that in my life a little bit. And then, um, painting at home. Yeah. Um, You were following in the footsteps of your mother and grandmother that way. uh Yeah. Like letting your children see that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So you're taking some classes, you said, like, is that what you said here and there classes? Yeah, just some com- community education classes. And what mediums? Uh, watercolor. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's easy. Watercolor is just easy. It, yeah. Oil paint requires a lot of setup and um, financial. It's, it's expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, watercolor pretty much and some drawing too. Okay. And yeah. then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So um, pretty much keeping it on the down low until my last daughter was born. How many kids do you have? I have three girls. Okay. Yep. And she was born when I was 30. And at that point, I was like, I got to take a ceramics class. Like it yeah. was just been in the back of my mind for so long. That's awesome. <laughs> and I got a flyer in the mail about this place that was opening close by. And um, so I signed up and just like instantly fell in love with that medium. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like what, tell me more, like what did it feel like? Like what, how did you know? What, what was it like in the class? Um, well, the very first class I took actually wasn't at that place to open up. It was a community education class. Um, and I would say I didn't learn a ton, but I just fell in love with the medium and I would stay up at night, like thinking about it and yeah. like the process and wow. like, what am I going to make and, yeah. um, everything like that. And so, and it just kind of, um, it's something that's just stuck with me to this yeah. day. I've been in working with clay for 16 years, but, um, so that led to the neck that this little art foundation that opened up. Um, and I continued on with classes there okay. and eventually built up my skills enough that they asked me to start teaching okay. for them. And 
at this point you hadn't been like working professionally in anything for a while, right? No, not really. Okay. You were doing yeah. creative stuff with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this is your first like job since the music therapy. Pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a total switch in medium. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, okay. I'm totally ignorant. Were you, were you exclusively like spinning pots or were you also doing other types of sculpture? It was pretty much exclusively the will. Okay. So that's, yeah, I started out as a potter and I still love the will. Yeah. Love to work with the will. But you're doing other stuff now, right? You, mm-hmm. you have other, I've I don't know the word. Branched out doing yeah. more sculpture and hand building, things like that. How do you do that? Like what are the, okay. I have a, okay. Wait, Emily, wait. <laughs> so, okay. So you're, you, when you started teaching there, you were working with the wheel. Yeah. Exclusively. And that's what you were teaching. Okay. Is, and then when, how many years after that did you start branching out and doing other kinds of things? Um, it took a good, probably eight years plus. Okay. Um, cause so, I just was so passionate about yeah. that. Uh, it makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. So during those eight years, um, okay. So I like to talk with people about their childhoods because I feel like I'm trying to like get an idea of like, what's the foundation of your creativity? What's the foundation of your art skills? And I feel like it helps me just like get to know you a little bit so that, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the podcast, I like to talk about like kind of more philosophical things and like, what does it feel like to be an artist and what's your relationship to your art? Um, so I think my point is just like, you are welcome to talk about any of that kind of stuff, or you can just be like, this is what happened. (laughs) You can, whatever you want. But in, in those eight years between like when you started that job and when you started doing other things, um, what was going on in, you can tell me like stuff, like (laughs) things or like what was going on with like your creative identity, how you thought of yourself as an artist, just what was significant in that time? Um, in those eight years, um, I would say, uh, there's a lot of things. So I, yeah, it sounds like an important period (laughs) that that was significant for me to be able to start teaching. It was affirming to me that I was, had a good skill set. Um, I also started selling my work online during that time. And, and that was, um, good feedback as well. Ceramics and painting. Mostly ceramics. ceramics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also a really important part of that for me was building a community of friends that, and people that are involved with that medium as well. Yeah. Just kind of my people that I click with. That's something I've been like struggling with. I think, um, I'm, I think I'm at, I'm 32 and I think I'm at a point in my life and career where like I'm feeling the lack, I'm feeling a bit of the lack of, um, like collaborative minds, you know, and mm-hmm. the, and this podcast really helps me with that. Yeah. Um, but I sure. didn't grow up here and I didn't go to college here. Um, I moved here like as a professional and then just started working a lot. So like, yeah, just having kind of friends, I, I'm, I'm just echoing, like, I know that's important. I'm feeling like it's a big thing that I'm thinking about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So you're finding people, what, um, can you say like, what 
is that about for you? Like having people, like what, what does it do? Um, well, I, I just think we all need that connection and we need connections outside of our family, you know, and that really, um, added to my identity as a person, just to have that outside of my home and with my family, which is like the most important identity that I have, but like to have that connection artistically with other people. With, when you're, when you're spending time with your art friends, (laughs) do you feel like the thing you're getting out of it is like, we're talking about art in a way that lights up my brain and motivates me or like we are giving each other feedback. Like what's valuable about it? Like if you can get like more granular, I think it's all of that. Um, I, I would say I do enjoy, like I got a lot of feedback in grad school, but it's nice to have peer feedback, peer feedback, post grad. I still need the feedback. Yeah. on my work and, and different ideas. Um, but also just, I don't know what it is, but just to have people around you that just kind of get it and yeah. know why this is important to you. Um, totally makes a huge totally. difference. It's- well, it's like a related thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, we live in a place, you said you lived nearby, you live in Utah County. Mm-hmm. We live in a place where like, there are a lot of ideas about like what it means to be like a young mother. Um, like we don't maybe have like a ton of, like a lot of people are doing kind of the same thing or thinking mm-hmm. about it the same way. Ha- has it ever been like a struggle for you to have this like separate thing that maybe you're not sharing with like your neighbors or like your kids friends moms is that something that's difficult ever um, you know I've been able to since I'm such I'm only child I don't need like a ton of like ton of people yeah, around me pals to support me but I've been able to find individuals yeah. around me like in close proximity yeah. like that I live by that are very supportive yeah so you don't and, ever feel like kind of get it yeah people are confused like it doesn't, uh, I feel like I mean, that there's sometimes. like the, the yeah. odd person now and then that you run into and they're yeah. like, Oh, art, what do you do with that? What does that yeah. Mean? Like, yeah. how can you even make, you know, make a living? Yeah. That? Or they, yeah. or just not or why is that important? Yeah. That's the one that, yeah, <laughs> that's the one that I feel sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I don't have children. So that makes me kind of like a, like a, I'm different Double, in like another way. In. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also, I grew up LDS, but I'm not, I'm not LDS anymore. Um, so there are multiple things, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but I do feel like I, I, and again, I'm totally projecting it. I'm, I'm genuinely curious you're because fine. like you're a woman who lives here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little farther on in your career than me. Um, but yeah, I, I sometimes feel like, I sometimes feel like being a woman and having this thing that means a lot to me, that's not like being a mom, um, is sometimes I feel defensive about it. So uh-huh. I'm like wondering if that's a thing that you ever feel. Um, I, I think that I feel like, at least in this thing, I feel yeah. so passionate about it and I feel yeah. like it's so important and I feel like God 
feels like it's important for me to do this. Yeah. I've got that backup. Totally. I really haven't had that. Like, I just feel like you just just feel good about it. Keep doing it. And I mean, I, there's probably things that I'm not thinking of that have happened that have been slightly discouraging, but I um, think the (laughs) fact that like at this point in your life, like your, your feeling is that there haven't been those things is that's the point. Like it hasn't been it's not enough of it that that's the thing that sticks. The thing right. that sticks is the support. Yeah. And, and I know what you mean. I have yeah. a friend that she, when her kids got older, she, it was a real struggle for her to just stay home. Like she felt a real need to get out and work and yeah. have another identity. Yeah. And she got some negative pushback about yeah. that. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess I, been lucky yeah well I think it could be a whole lot of things like you know I I do a lot of thinking about like why am I doing this thing like I, I try to be like very curious about my own actions and my own like thoughts and you know I, I kind of mentioned before that my, my parents aren't really creative and and also like just weren't that nice of people to me <laughs> growing up I'm not close with them now uh-huh. um and So I think I enter a room with some baggage, you know, because Mm -hmm. of that. And I enter, you know, a conversation with my neighbor with some baggage. Mm -hmm. And I try to forgive myself for a lot of that and be like as aware of it as I can. But I mean, if you are defensive about your creativity because you had to be defensive about it in your childhood, that's going to have a different effect, which is why I was thinking like, which is why I love hearing stories of people who didn't have that experience and you know, where creativity is something valued and something beautiful. And then you probably just carry like a wholeness about it and a confidence about it that lets it just like, I think it probably repels a lot of negativity. Maybe. I hope so. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense to me that that would be a thing. And I wonder if (laughs) your other friend who's had some negative feedback is more like me. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. could be, you never know. Like Like those unconscious things come yeah. up and I think yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. And it's another reason why I love talking with different people because I'm going to think about this conversation. Like I'm going to think about these things that you're telling me and think like, I wonder what Amber is actually doing that like, like has this effect and like, can I learn some of it? You know, like I'm going to think about that. So in these eight years, you're building all these beautiful friendships. Um, you're starting to sell your work. Is there anything else that you want to say about this time? Not really. Just at the end of that eight years, the little place I was involved with kind of shut down for financial reasons. And so that kind of propelled me into the next phase. What's the next phase? Uh, Graduate school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have mentioned that. Where where did you go to grad school? I went to BYU. Okay. Um, Is there anything that you want to say about making that decision? Like anything else you'd want to tell you know, for anyone else who's kind of like needing to do something similar? Um, it was just really probably the best timing that it could have been. Like it's never perfect timing, but my oldest daughter was graduating. And for some reason in the back of my mind, I had just always imagined like when she goes to college, maybe I'll go back to college. Like that was just something kind of brewing in my mind. It's kind of beautiful. (laughs) What did she think about it? Uh, all my kids have been very supportive. Maybe my youngest was in second grade. And so I don't know, like she, 
it's always such a challenge to balance yeah. the, your time with your family and your yeah. time to pursue your own interests and yeah. things like that. But ultimately, like now she's the one that's about to graduate and, and very supportive. And, yeah. and I wouldn't say that it had but a negative impact. you started impact. your grad degree at the same time as your daughter was starting like her freshman year. That's like kind of uh-huh. special. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I started like a year before when okay. she was a senior. Were yeah. you, was she going to BYU too? Yes. But yeah. Like, what did she think about that? Um, I love she, it. It was fun. Like, you yeah. know, we would meet up for lunch down yeah. there. She was living down there. So it just gave me an opportunity yeah. to connect with her. Did she to like continue. think you were so cool? <laughs> like, I know it's hard for your mom, but like, like, I feel like I would have been like, I feel like if my mom had ever gone to grad school, I would have been like, what a badass. Like, I feel like I would have been really proud of her. I've yeah, they've been supportive. They've yeah. been cool. And I I'm glad I did it. Like I feel like I kind of set an example for them that yeah. you know, they can do that. Well, I feel like as you've, well, you've you know? told me this like multi-generational story of like female artists that <laughs> is really like like doing something to me. Oh. It's really cool. Um I la- I really like admire that and I'm sure that they value you so much like for showing that kind of example. That's, it's pretty important stuff, I think. <laughs> um, so when you, so you went to grad school and what, what was your degree in? Um, in studio art. So I got a okay. MFA in studio art. And is that where you started doing more mediums? It is. Yeah. And actually what kind of pushed me into that is, um, I was, I continued to teach the introduction to ceramics class okay. at BYU, but I also got asked to teach, a 3D design class, cool. which was a, yeah. it pushed me out of my comfort zone for Tell sure. Tell me more. <laughs> like, what does that mean? And how did it push you out of your comfort zone? What is 3D design? What do you do? What do you, what do you do in this, in this it's, class? It's basically, we really uh, focus on the principles and elements of art, kind of modernism and those artists that really started to employ those things. And I love that. And I love that type of art. And, but I, ceramics is more like what I initially is drawn to is more of the tradition, the will, um, the, the craft of it. Um, and so this kind of pushed me out of that into more of the sculpture arena. What is, what, is sculpture like what's the like definition like <laughs> how, where do you where do you draw a line between like so pots and vases are <laughs> and bowls are not sculpture is that right not necessarily okay like I've done sculptures with pots and vases yeah. and bowls like I've stacked them up into a sculpture and okay it becomes it's more I love this too this is what I love is there's this line fine line between function yeah and art and between life and art and craft mm-hmm. and art and I'd love to play in that line right I, there do you want to like soapbox <laughs> about that I would love to hear you talk more about that um that so it grad school is a challenge was a challenge for me because um just the program I was in is so it's good Cause I need to be challenged. Um, but it's so focused on what's your idea as an artist, what concept are you trying to communicate to the audience? And almost 
almost above like skill. Yeah. It's more like your ideas, which is way cool. Yeah. Um, but also they do teach the skills as yeah. well. Yeah. But that really was hard for me because I'm like, what about the material and what about yeah. like the craft and yeah. um, developing your skills? Like that's like that's really what you're me. passionate about. Yeah. And so, um, but ultimately it's, it, it did challenge me to think about like, why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? And what am I trying to communicate yeah. with my work? And it yeah. kind of, and so I've been able to kind of push out of that a little bit more into the more conceptual area, but still it's, I would say more than 50 or 75% of it yeah. to me is more about the, the material and, yeah. and this craft of it. What about like, so you said before something about like the difference between like art and life or function and like, I would love to hear you talk about that. Like what, what do you love about it? What do you think about it? How do you think about it? Um, I just love that interplay just because I think it can, it really can, there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. It's just, um, this place of tension, I guess, and trying to find a balance in that and the way different people look at it. And I, in my final show, I really tried to play with that, um, too. I did a um, a series of close to like 20 platters, large platters. And some of them, and I painted on all of them and some of them were positioned on tables that I made. Like they look like dining tables. Um, so they were, would be thought of as functional pieces of art. And then the other half of them I hung on the wall. Yeah. Um, and so like that, like changes the, yeah. the meaning and puts it more into totally. the, the art arena. Yeah. And I just kind of, I just had fun playing with that. I, I got some canvas that you would have normally used to paint on and I made table runners out of it to go on the tables, cool. yeah. you know, just to kind of switch that up. Yeah. Like <laughs> thinking, I mean, the the thing that's coming to mind for me is like, it's about kind of this duality of, of like things. And I feel like if we're teaching our, our minds to think about duality of a platter, we can also be thinking about duality of like Amber, you know, yeah. or like, <laughs> it's just curiosity. Yeah. Like I, it's, I like this idea because it's a reminder to, to shift your perspective. I couldn't be more on one about that than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with shifting a perspective and that's so much of why I do this podcast because, you know, we, I think when I say we, I mean like just people, I don't mean artists or you and me, me, we, but like as humans, we have ideas about what art is. We have ideas about what creativity is. We have assumptions about who gets to do it, who it's for, what it's for. Um, And I think as artists, we know that those things are right and wrong and here and there and nothing and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to tell more people like it's all of it and it's none of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and like creativity belongs to ballet, but it also belongs to being a mom and it belongs to like 
you know, five-star chefs and it belongs to like you when you're decorating your daughter's birthday cake, you know, it, mm-hmm. it belongs everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and as people, we also can be like a mom and an artist. Um, and we can think all kinds of different things. And that's like the point, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's about understanding each other better, thinking about our world in different ways. I'm, I'm, I'm love it more than truly anything. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious about, so sculpture, so sometimes you'll, you'll use clay, but like just start with a ball or, and like uh-huh. mold it. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, that's how I would start something okay. on the wheel. Okay. For sure. But what if you're making something not on the wheel? What do you, um, what do you do? There's all different processes. There's, yeah. um, I, we have this thing called an extruder that I love to use. It, it's kind of like a Play-Doh thing okay. with different templates and you squeeze oh, cool. the clay out and it might come out in, as a long coil or like a square, a long cool. rectangular square thing cool. or hexagon or, and I love to manipulate that. Do you ever do the thing where like, I'm sorry, I don't have words, <laughs> hashtag music degree, but where you start with like a block of clay and like cut pieces off of it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, gosh, what is the word for that? I don't know. I, I have <laughs> not used that, but that is a valid technique. That's a thing that <laughs> that's why I don't know do. what it's called. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I'll, I, I usually start either with, if I'm hand building, I'll do use extruder or I'll use slabs of clay Okay. or I'll use press molds, like okay. old, like kind of kitschy yeah. things that I'll, I'll make those objects, but I'll like intentionally leave like the little line in the middle where the two halves connect just so that you can see the process and cool yeah so when you're going to hand build something that like isn't functional like when it Mm -hmm. you don't kind of maybe have a purpose in mind what why are you doing it like how do you what what kinds of things are you thinking about um it's still sort of that duality like I love playing with that and I'll create because it's kind of like me too it's my personality I love like really minimal things but I also love decoration and yeah and so and I I feel that tug of war in myself and so I try and create that in my art so maybe I'll make I'll sculpt something that's more like really minimal abstract and geometric but then I'll stack some hand-thrown pots on top of it yeah and so kind it's of like combine those could things put nuts in these yeah or something <laughs> like is it a, is it a candle holder <laughs> or is that kind of what you're thinking like yeah like there's that the combination of function and non-function cool cool I feel like I've seen some of that in your work I mean I don't know that I would have like I you know I spent a lot of time scrolling through your Instagram and I do not have the vocabulary to like think of like why it's interesting to me. Like I just don't <laughs> know enough, but I mean, I definitely felt like looking at your work, like she's doing, she's thinking about this in a cool way. I, like, I just know that she is. <laughs> I just know that she is. Um, <laughs> trying <and> to, <laughs> you are. So here, this, this is a, it's a cool answer. Okay. So I know you paint now like professionally as well. So how did you like start painting again or were you doing that in grad school or? Um, I'm just doing it a little bit. I'd like to do it more. I would like to do everything, but I just don't have time. But, um, I, I do love that 2d art as well. And so I've taken, 
um, a workshop recently, and then also I'll paint a couple of paintings for this fundraiser that Art Access has every year. Okay. It just kind of makes me paint yeah. and get back into it a little bit, and and I cool. enjoy that. I'd like to do it more. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your daughter's <laughs> going to graduate soon, and then you'll have more time. Yeah, yeah. I, I got things on the queue got a for list. when I have more cool. time. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what you do. Um, what other mediums do you do? You said you want to do everything. Like, have we missed anything? Like, are there any other mediums you're working in? Um, I work a little bit with wood and a little bit with metal, but I wouldn't say I'm super okay. passionate it's about those. It's mostly clay and painting. Mm-hmm. And are, is yeah. it mostly watercolor? Are you painting with oils too? Um, I, the workshop I did was with oils. Okay. I wanted to learn a little more about oils and then yeah. acrylics. I lo- I enjoy cool. acrylics too. I always too, forget so. about acrylics, but I, I thought of myself as a visual artist when I was a child. Um, and then quickly music kind of took over, but I'm always crafting still. And so I've got a box of acrylic paints that couple times a year I'll be like eh, I'll just make something yeah <laughs> but I sure. always I always forget about acrylics because they feel like they feel like a crafter's paint and not a painter's paint they they can be depending yeah. I don't I think for me it, the difference is the container they come in if yeah. they're like the little bottles they're yeah. more crafty and if they're tubes then they're more minor like bottles paint. so yeah. <laughs> they're crafters you just need to get paint. some tubes yeah. and then you yeah. about it yeah <laughs> yeah it's always like really functional stuff for me I'll think like well I need to, something to put on my mantle during the holidays and I don't want to buy something so I'll just paint a wreath you know? Yeah. I love that too. I love yeah. That. That's the kind of stuff that I'm like, that I'm doing with visual art now. It's like, <laughs> or I painted those. I still need to paint a middle one. That's great. But they're, they're very just nothing, but you know, I love that. I love that you're doing that. I didn't want to do more. <laughs> I just bought like a hand lettering book. Um, oh, uh-huh. nice. So that's one thing that I like, I, I like, I like the idea of maybe like hand lettering some of my lyrics and like mm-hmm. maybe kind of painting around them a little and like yeah. sending them to fans. That's <laughs> so a great idea. I haven't done it yet. Cause I'm like you, I've got a long list and it's like, it's somewhere down the yeah, list. It's not right in front of me. Eventually. Yeah. It, sh- it seems like it could have been a quarantine project, but no. <laughs> so. I know. Quarantine has been actually kind of busy. <laughs> it has. It has. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of composing. So, um, Okay, so you finished grad school like 10 years ago? Uh, let's see. No, it's about five, Okay, actually. So what what's going on in these last five years? Um, Bring us so to now. <laughs> the last five years, I've continued teaching part-time at okay. BYU. Okay. And um, I, I do that because I enjoy it, but I also love just having that community down yeah. there and that yeah. association with other artists. Um, and then... Uh, just trying to employ what I learned in grad school, um, getting my work out there, applying to shows and trying to have some solo shows that kind of pushes me to make a body of work. Yeah. What do you think about making a body of work? Like, why does that feel important to you? Um, as a person and an artist, I feel like, and I don't know how many people feel this way. Some people are really focused, but I just feel like I can go a million directions and make a million different things that don't relate to each other. I relate to that so much. Yeah. (laughs) And so it kind of forces me to create something cohesive 
I couldn't relate yeah. more. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like I, I'm a, I'm a musician and nowadays like there's a lot of pressure to just make singles, like to be mm-hmm. releasing stuff all the time. And I can't do it because I feel the same way. Like I don't, what am I going to write about? Like, I feel like I need, I need like to make an album. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to like do one off things. Like mm-hmm. I get too, I get too frustrated by like, yeah, like you said, oh, there's too many different directions. And then mm-hmm. I, and then I know I'm going to feel scattered when I'm making it. And then like, it's going to feel scattered. Yeah, like what's this for? Why <laughs> yes, did I do that? I totally agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think like, so sometimes I'll kind of handle the podcast where it's like in three parts, like the questions, like how did you develop your creativity? How did you develop your professional skills and build your career? And then like, what do you f- feel about art? But we've been talking about what we feel about art. So I think I'll just say like, we, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about this last piece. Like I think we've kind of done it, but, um, I love to talk with people about like how they feel like what is yourself and what is your art and what's the relationship between yourself and your art. Do you have any thoughts about that? Oh, let's see. It's a deep question. It is. <laughs> yeah. Or like maybe you could think of it maybe instead of thinking of it like two things, you could think of it like more linear, like when you're making something, like how much of yourself is in it, or is it kind of you kind of already said it's like this this duality thing or like this pull. But like mm-hmm. just do you have any other things you want to say? Um I feel like when I make things at least now I really want it to be come from me and a part of me um, is in it. And so I, I, in graduate school kind of helped me figure that out to kind of focus a little bit more. I still don't feel like super focused, but um, when I make things, I try and make them because they're, mean something to me whether it's like conceptually or it's just the process that I really enjoy and the forms that I really enjoy making yeah um and how do you like feel or deal with the other half which is like once you've made this thing that you feel great about like the way that other people receive it um so Another thing that I learned and try and apply from grad school is that not everyone is going to love your work. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, but there are people that it will resonate with and, and you just have to find those places and not take it too personally when you, you get rejected because those rejections come as well. What about like a situation where somebody really likes it, but like, they don't get it. Like if you hear somebody (laughs) say something about it that you're like, well, it's good that you like it, but what? That's not what I meant to do. Do you, do you ever, do you ever have things like that? Oh, well, I think that's totally okay. Like, I like that. I like people to come away with their own take on it. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. I think I feel (laughs) the same way too. Like, it is, if you like it and it does something for you, like it doesn't matter what I meant for it to be. Yeah. Um, okay. And then finally, um, do you feel like, do you have any feelings about the relationship between your audience and yourself? Cause we talked about the relationship between the audience and the work and the relationship between you and the work. Do you have any like 
feelings about let's see well um I guess I don't unless I have a solo show I don't have a lot of connection with the audience um but if I do it's fun to like visit with people about my work if they come to the opening or whatever um and talk to them uh do you feel like people sorry go ahead oh I was just gonna say I I did get a gallery recently and so there's that kind of in between thing where I don't necessarily connect with the person that bought my piece right um but once in a while I'll get like commission from a neighbor or someone that I know that um will ask me to do something and just kind of a fun thing recently that happened was my neighbor um, my next door neighbor asked me to make a dinnerware set for her niece cool and I made it and I you know she just kind of gave me creative liberty she kind of told me what her niece liked but I just went ahead and just did it how I wanted to and it came out of the kiln I was like oh that's that's fine that's nice and I brought it home and then she came over I had it set out on my table and she looked at it and she just started crying. Yeah. She loved it so much. And I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought it was okay, but I'm yeah. glad it's having that effect on you. Wow. I love that. So. Do you ever feel like people are surprised to find that like you are who you are? Like if after they've seen your work, like, do you feel like it makes sense? Like people are like, Oh, of course you made this. Or do you feel like there's ever like a, a surprise? Um, I don't know if I've run into that yeah. situation yet. I just, so, I get yeah. curious about this, <laughs> these kinds of things. Like, you know, I've had artists like sit here and say things to me, like people who've seen my work know me better than people who haven't. Or, you know, my work is like a very specific part of me that like, there's kind of no evidence of when I'm not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just fascinated by like the different relationships that we have with our art. I just think it's cool. Um, is there anything, anything else at all that you want to say about like what's behind the scenes of your, of your work or like just anything that you like experience that you just would like people to know? Hmm. Let's see. Um, I guess just, um, I don't know. I struggle like. Um, any artist does, um, with my time and, and ideas and, um, my drive and things that I want to do that I don't necessarily have time to do right now, but it just keeps brewing in my mind and I know that it will eventually happen. Um, and Gosh, I don't know. I think that's really important. (laughs) Like just to say like my productivity is like it kind of ebbs and flows. But the thing that's constant is like I have these ideas. I don't know. I think I think that's I think that's great. (laughs) I think that's an important thing to share. Okay, I always ask everybody at the very end. What is your dream collaboration? Like, is there anyone you'd love to like share a show with or work with or learn from? Or if you're like, listen, I'm a solo artist. What's your dream project? Um, actually, I was able to kind of do that um, last year. I had um, the opportunity, like just through grad school and getting to know other um, 
ceramic artists, I was able to pull together about 15 women and we created this, um, kind of dinner, dinner party show where we all, excuse me, we all created, um, dinnerware sets amazing and they could be conceptual or not conceptual and it was it was about kind of bringing together women and kind of showing the power that can come from those connections yeah and that was really meaningful to me um do you have pictures of that I do I would love to include some in like the show notes okay we gotta help me remember that I would love to see those. I know it's so allergy season right now. It is. It's like, I'm sorry. And, well, <laughs> and it's the fine. smoke. It, yeah. Th- for the listeners, we've the, all the California fires are like making their way here. Um, yes. And then we all have like sniffle shame because it's uh-huh. coronavirus. And it's like, it's yeah. not coronavirus. It's and ragweed. I promise I'm not sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the ragweed. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. But, uh, but as a vocalist, I'm so like not scared of mucus get it out of your body. You know, <laughs> I just watched Hamilton and to see the King, I whoever, haven't seen it. you haven't seen it. Oh, oh my goodness. No, I mean, you can you tell by just me and you so you, much. It's you, incredible. You made me say that I haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Um, I don't have Disney plus. That's really the thing. We got it specifically. So really? we could see it just recently. I need yeah. to like invite so someone good. over who I'll be like, I'll make you dinner and then let, like, let me watch Hamilton with your Disney plus. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as a vocalist, like you got to blow your nose. If there's anything in your nose, you blow it out of there. Yeah. I, I'm not a nose blow shamer. <laughs> you got to better out than in. Um, okay. And I always ask everybody finally, finally, finally to tell us where to find your stuff. Okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Jamber Egbert, J-A-M-B-E-R-E-G-B-E-R-T. Um, my website is jamberart.com. And then I have work at 15th Street Gallery up in Salt Lake City. Cool. So Amber, thank you so much. (laughs) I know you were kind of like nervous about it, but you're so great. (laughs) I loved talking with you. Easy. Good. I promised. I told you I would. You did. (laughs) I had to trust you. (laughs) I'm glad you did. And I'm glad you're here. And thank you. It was great to meet you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from my album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel and ad segment music by Jerem Hansen. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.